devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson and it's another week talking all things Sulfur Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hi Rob, you alright mate? You had a good week mate? Yeah, yeah, very good mate, yeah. Very good. Looking forward to uh, to Sunday against Cass. Yeah, it'll be a good game. That looking forward to it, Paul. Also, John, join us in the show. We've got Ryan Wilson, right, Ryan? Yeah, not too bad, Rob, mate. You had a good week, mate. Yeah, it's been all right, mate. Yeah, had a good week at work, so yeah, it's been okay. Cool. What have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the news. We've got the amateur report. We've got a review of Wakefield. We've got Ian Watson in Coach's Corner, and we've got a preview of this week's up and coming coming game against Castleford. Cool. So we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll start with the news. So we're at the AJ Bell Stadium for Sulphur Red Devils' latest fans forum. I had a chance to speak to Ian Blees uh, about uh, what happened on the evening, and this is what he had to say. So we're joined by Ian Blees, fresh from his fans forum. Second one, Ian. You know, good, good one, that one. Yeah, yeah, we've done a, a couple of little bits and pieces tonight. We've launched the Magic uh, Weekend shirt linked into the State of Mind Rubberly Cares project and our foundation are doing this offload programme. So, launched that. Uh, lovely looking shirt. Pre-order now online. Uh, hopefully, uh, get some good sales going on that. We've got the Magic Weekend tickets. And obviously, we're playing Castleford on Sunday, which is a big game for us. Yeah, it's great the club are getting involved in the State of Mind. You know, what mental health is a big thing, in it? For all men and, and women and players and ex-players. Yeah, it's uh, really prevalent in the world of rugby league and it's, it's, it's close to me because there's been some incidents in, in, in my life through the close friends that have, have, have happened and this type of stuff wasn't around years ago and, and uh, players who have played in the past uh, used to get down and had nowhere to turn to now they've got some great avenues and forums to go to as I've said State of Mind Rubber League Cares this offload programme that our fantastic foundation are doing so that helps drive this uh, uh, talk and communication link that we're all about Yeah well, so you've been out and about in the, in the community the Lowry Centre Salford um, precinct it's great you've been out in the community trying to generate support that's what we want we want new fans coming in don't we yeah it's been tough mate and as I've said up there we, we, we're going to look farther afield for, for new hospitality for new business uh, for new ways of running this club because it needs to be stable uh, and we need to attract more investors uh, because we can't rely on Marwan's money every year which is what we're doing at the moment so we need to get bigger and better because I want to compete with the likes of Wiggins uh, the Leeds the, you know, the, the big clubs I want to be top four at least uh, in the next couple of years so uh, we've got to make this club bigger mate Yeah I suppose it's like building infrastructure like you said you know going into the, the schools and the local rugby, rugby clubs you know it's good ideas like that so it's going to build the club Yeah it's, it's always good I think start at schools we, one of my first projects when I first came in was, was develop a good school strategy with Mark Brockler as the foundation manager we've now put player ambassadors within that now and we're going to do the community clubs as well so yeah they're our next generation of fans so I'm a big believer in that uh, there's plenty more fans out there when you look where, where we are compared to the likes of Warrington who are hemmed in Wigan St Helens we're not hemmed in which I think is really exciting for this club we can go and look further afield for embracing uh, a superb game that we produce on that on that pitch so uh, I've got visions of things uh, happening in the next year or so we can start spreading our wings and trying to we need we need to get more bums on seats mate definitely yeah and obviously looking at Castleford on, on Sunday big game league league that's coming down near to the AJ Bell Stadium hopefully people so will turn up it'll be a big occasion yeah I just said on the fans forum they've sold 2,000 tickets mate we've had to send them more today as well so that north stand will be absolutely packed with away fans uh, making a lot of noise so yeah as I've said today the fans that turned up tonight are my PR weapon out there they need to tell the mates the friends, the ex-people who used to come watch us. We need a big crowd on, on, on Sunday to vocalise them out and and, uh, and and make our team proud and hopefully the guys can do the business on the pitch. Thanks for talking to us on the Devil in Detail. No problem, mate. So that was Ian Blees talking about what happened at the Fans Forum. Um, at the Fans Forum, Red Devils unveiled their new Magic Weekend kit um, with a, in association with the State of Mind. And I had a chance to speak to Phil Cooper from State of Mind and Paul Hyton about the project. So I'm joined by uh, Phil Cooper from the State of Mind, right Phil? Hiya, you alright? Good shirt that from the, the Magic Weekend? Yeah, fantastic shirt, looks really, really good I think. Can you tell us all about the State of Mind uh, programme? Yeah, we're doing an offload programme with Salford uh, here and we're going out into the community and getting blokes to come into the club. We're looking at our clubs and great coaches managing the mental fitness of players. Lots of players involved in that, like Haito and um, plenty of other Salford players. And just want to get fans to get involved, 
look at how we can manage and how they can manage their world better. Yeah, we're joined by Paul Heighton, right Paul? How are you doing mate? You yeah, right? it's good, you know, obviously you being an ex-player, you know, it's great that this is available for players like yourself who have come out of the game and current players too. Yeah, it's huge, you know, and I said in the meeting before that, you know, it's, it's important that we use the club uh, to drive this forward because, you know, it's something that, that affects everybody. Uh, and if I can play my part in anything uh, like this, then yeah, I'm more than happy to get involved. Yeah, I suppose, like you say, players need that kind of help, don't they, coming out of the game, like you said. Um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that we, you know, hopefully will bring players in and be able to, you know, get a better treatment in a way. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's vastly important for players. You know, they've been in this bubble for majority of the career you know I had 18 years in this uh, in this little bubble but I think you know the, the main aim of this program is, is, is the wider community um, you know and I'm working in a prison environment at the minute and I see the same things as those guys who were like working as part of a team and you know I can see how their guys them guys are going to struggle when they get to the end of their careers and you know it, this is how we can equate our problems and issues we had in sport how we can put that into everyday life yeah back to Phil like you say Paul said it's a community thing you know 21,000 people sort of went Two. It's great, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, the great thing for me, I work in the NHS, but using sports clubs like Salford uh, and community clubs like Langwith, or whenever we go, uh, you can get into places that people just don't go to if, they're, if you're NHS. Blokes don't come to us in the NHS, but they'll certainly come to rugby clubs. Yeah, big thanks to Tom Smith from the Devil in the Detail. Yeah, fantastic. So that was all the news coming out of the fans forum uh, on Thursday night. And what we'll do now, we'll uh, see what other news is coming out of the uh, the world of Salford Red Devils with Paul and Ryan. It's really great that the club are you know, doing this kind of thing. And you know, it gives us the opportunity, obviously, to speak to the likes of Ian Blees and, and, and uh, Ian Watson and let them you know, talk to us and have an idea of what, you know, the direction the club's going, Paul. And I'm really impressed with you know, what's going on so far and hopefully you know, more to come. Uh, next bit of uh, news, March Madness. Uh, the Saints game, the Cast game, uh, special offer on tickets. That's what we need, I suppose. You know, with the new fans, you know, hopefully being engaged with the club, a good offer like that will bring them in, Paul. Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly, Rob. Yeah, and two two good games as well. Castleford's going to be a massive game, isn't it? This this Sunday, especially with the way they they've started the season and took a big following to witness. You know, they're on a, a real sort of gravy train at the moment, a bit of a bandwagon and that. And yeah, I'm hoping they're going to bring a lot of fans. And then obviously the Saint Helens game. That's another attractive game, isn't it? You know, we've had some good games with them over the years, haven't we? Um, especially last season when we've drubbed them last season. So that offer is really good as well. I mean, two games of thirty quid that you can't whack that at all. And uh, you know, anybody who's not got a season ticket, I'd, I'd encourage them to take, take the club off on that offer. Yeah, the club's been out and about in the community uh, this week, Ryan and the Lowry and, and Salford Precinct. It's great actually. The, the club are getting out there on the the week of the game. You know, promoting the the club and hopefully bringing few flat few more fans in. It is yes, like. You know, Ian Blees has done a really good job uh, since he came in because, you know, we did really lose a bit of that community feel uh, when Marwan came in, but it seems that we are getting that back. I was just on Twitter then, it looks like there's some sort of pub quiz going down somewhere and, you know, they always seem to be dotted off around like the local gateways, Swinton, Wharton, Eccles, etc. And that's only going to help, you know, improve our support and our, our brand awareness around the city. And that's, that's been a bit lacked over the last few years. So, yeah, full credit to Ian Blees there. He's doing a really good job. Yeah, I think obviously those fans as well, you know, like the likes of us and the, and the sound of Salford and Sport Zone, you know, people like that pushing the club, Paul, you know, making, making you know, noises, trying to promote the club to possibly new audiences. And that's, that's, that's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. The more the, more the better, Rob. Um, the more people that get involved and the more people that do stuff, like the people you've mentioned there, I mean, we're all supporting the same team and we all want that goal, don't we? A Wembley trip or a grand final or, or whatever. We just want want that day in the sun don't we and, you know we've all been there in the, the bad times there's been plenty of them but at the moment it, it feels like the club's going somewhere it's exciting I mean I was disappointed on Sunday that we lost that game but I went home and you know I wasn't I wasn't that disappointed because I think there's, there's good times around the corner you know it, all right, it was a bit of a blip against, against Wakefield but the club is going in the right direction and if you speak to Ian Watson I mean I, I spoke to Ian Blees on, on Sunday as well they're both really approachable blokes aren't they they want the club to do well and you feel a lot more comfortable with them around and in charge of the club, definitely. Yeah, uh, next bit of news, uh, the game against Wakefield, uh, the video is free, the club have, have put it out uh, for free because obviously the, the the circumstances, everyone getting caught up on the motorway, the terrible circumstances there. Um, right, great idea, I think, you know, promoting the club, like you said, opportunity for yeah. fans who missed out to, to watch the game. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I got stuck in the traffic myself and had to 
sort of like reverse off where people would usually come on the motorway and then end up going some mad route through Haywood and Rochdale and luckily I just got there about five minutes after kickoff. but yeah I've noticed they've been doing that on Vimeo putting the putting the full games up I believe it's about three quid to rent five quid to buy each game and you know that again what I was saying earlier about engaging engaging the fans and stuff like if they're going to watch a game that they miss you know they're going to be thinking about Salford more which in turn makes them more likely to come to the next game now Wakefield on Sunday was a brilliant game so I'm sure a few people are going to take advantage of that full download and hopefully then they'll take advantage of this uh, amazing offer we've got on for Castleford and Saints over the next two games so yeah it's brilliant yeah great great news great idea for the club hopefully more like that to come um, don't really do rumour on this podcast do we but on the in the news um, Ian Blee's confirmed that you know they're in talks with uh, Ian Watson about a possible new deal Paul he's doing he's doing a good job for me great so far um, you know it'd be ideal if we could wrap this up quick he's doing a great job yeah he's doing a fantastic job coach I mean I quoted this week on social media that I think he's the best coach we've had since Kyle Harrison um, I think he's taking the club forward and, and Kyle did that you know small steps bit of progress every season and, and Ian's doing he's doing that and it's quite a continuity for me as well um, I think we need that now I mean if we should get rid of, rid of Ian this season for whatever reason I think you, you're going backwards aren't you he's doing a good job and I think you've got to get a bit, give a lot of credit to Willie Poulton as well who's coming there this season and I think the players are learning off him aren't they and you know our defence has been been pretty good you can see see areas where we're improving obviously there's areas we still need to improve in, but on the whole the club the club is going forward in, in my opinion and uh, you know I get Ian Watson signed up on you know a big contract because uh, he's a very good young coach. I suppose Ryan, it's it's the fact that you know Ian Watson's doing really well at the moment. You know if he continues in this vein of form, the, the other clubs may be sniffing around him. It's kind of important, I think, that you know they make a make a message, send a message out that you know we are a club going forward, and you know Ian Watson should be the man to drive the bus. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'd I'd, I'd be going out and offering at least a three-year contract. You know, some of the rugby that we've been playing uh, this start of the season has been. Absolutely sensational, and uh, it looks like it's going to shape up to be a, a really good season for us. Um, going back to what you mentioned earlier, like you know, obviously Ian's a Salford lad, and he played for the club, and you know, it's good just to have these people who've got like the club at heart and really want it to do well. Whereas in the past, we've had people who've probably been at bigger clubs, or you know, they've had better jobs in the game. Whereas you know, the guys we've got now, they've just got the club at heart, and you know, it looks, you know, we're just bringing these sorts of people in that are just they're going to push the club forward and just just basically because they care more than anything so yeah you know sign him up hopefully I know they mentioned in the week on Rugby AM they're looking to sort of replicate what what Castleford did uh, when Daryl Powell came in and if you know if we can do that that'd be absolutely brilliant so yeah get him signed up yeah I threw it out on Twitter as well uh, earlier this week Andy Smith shouldn't even be up to up in up for discussion he's a great coach coach um, Nathan Archer yeah it's a Salford lad so he's a fan as well as a coach. It hits him as hard as it hits us when we get beat. I suppose it is, it is, a, it is a factor, Paul. That you know he is a local uh, Salford, you know, lad, and, and you know, suppose coaching his hometown team, he knows you know what it's about, doesn't he? Really? Yeah, he certainly does. I mean, just speaking to him after the Leeds game, I've never seen him like that before. That defeat really hurt him. You could see what it meant to him that night, and you could see the, the passion in his eyes and that. And, you know, I've never seen a coach like that before after after the defeat, and and yeah, he's he knows what it means to us, doesn't he? He knows as a, as a supporter and as a local guy as well what it means to the supporters. And if you've got somebody like that in, in charge of your club, you're only going to go in the right direction. Yeah, Paul Parkin, uh, damn right, he's been a great credit to himself and the club. Roy Ellerbeck, great idea, more evidence evidence of stability in the club. Uh, Ryan, like I say, it's all about building an infrastructure, uh, and I suppose. You know, if we can tie Ian Watson down to a you know a long contract, it, it allows us to do that, doesn't it? In a way, yeah, it does. We, we need to we need to be keeping all the people like Ian Watson. You know, as as as, uh, as Paul said there, you know, he's, he's it kills him when you know he gets a loss and it kills us as well. And he's just yeah, you know, people who've got the the club at art. Um, I know as well. Blees has been talking about you know potentially getting a few more players signed up on long term deals. Uh, Gaz O'Brien was one that we signed up recently. You know I've been looking to players like Josh Jones, Junior, Robert Louis. Like we need to we need to really build a team that are going to stay together for quite some time. If you look at like Man City for an example, um, when Mancini came in, he signed a lot of top top players like Silva. Yaya Torre, uh, Sergio Aguero, and they've stayed at the company now, uh, at the company, the club, for uh, you know quite a long time. So we need to try and create that sort of stability within the club. We can't have it like the last few years. 
you know, we must have had hundreds of players come through the through the door since Marwan's been there. We don't want that. We want players to play for Salford for five, ten years at a time. None of this two seasons and then you're off. So, uh, yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, I think it's really good. Obviously, you know, the players will follow if obviously Watson does decide to, to stay with us and, you know, we give him a longer-term contract, uh, Paul. Uh, I know Ian, Ian Blee's in the press mentioned, uh, is it Gat Widdert? You know, he, he, yeah. he could be a, a type of player that, that Salford are, you know, interested in. How important is it that we, you know, we, we kind of, you know, aim for that kind of quality of player to move the, the, the club and the, the, the team forward? Yeah, that's important. Yeah, but the, if you're going to look at players like Gareth Widdert, I think it's important to get in the top eight. Mm. Um, people like Gareth Woodard aren't going to probably look as if we're in the bottom four so if we can get things right this season and, and finishing that top eight you know maybe next season season after or whenever Gareth Woodard's available you've got you've got a chance of signing but to be even mentioned in, in those sort of terms it just shows you that you know we are making making progress I suppose it doesn't have to be uh, Gareth Woodard Ryan it can be you know any any kind of uh, player of that state you know stature and stature you know if they're linked to Salford and they show a genuine interest in coming and we can tempt them you know it shows how far we're we're moving forward, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a credit to the club. You know, we've brought Todd Carney, and now we're getting linked with Gareth Widdert. Like somebody pinch me. <laughs> uh, wow, if we had them two playing for us, we'd uh, be ripping a few defences apart. But yeah, it's it's, it's good to see. Um, you know, getting linked with these sorts of players. Halfback's probably not where we need to strengthen. You know, I, I feel it's probably better buying a centre or something like that. But yeah, it's it's good to see us linked with these players and. Long may it continue. I think it's the quality of player that, that that's important. You know, Widdup is an international, and you know, if we, if we can attract that kind of player to our club, it's only going to move us move us forward for me. So hopefully, you know, in the you know coming months, we'll get uh, some great news on you know qu- players of that quality quality uh, wearing the, the red shirt at Salford in 2017 and beyond. Uh, next bit of news: uh, Jordan Warren and Liam Bent on load at Oldham. Paul, a uh, good opportunity for both to get some game time? Yeah, certainly. And they did uh, did all right at Oldham this weekend. I've been following the local sides recently and Rochdale Arnett's have been a side who's been up there and they played Oldham this week and then it's a game that you know, I had Rochdale down to, to win comfortably and they, they, they got a draw out of that Oldham. So, uh, no, that'd be good for him because it's a good standard of the Championship. But we said, you know, Daniel Murray's on loan at Bradford and speaking to him this week, he's, he's loving it there. He's, he said he's learnt quite a bit and He's, um, he's 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 played the last two games, you know, in the starting uh, seventeen. So, so yeah, so he's good. It's good experience, good good standard. Yeah, it allows uh, players trying to get experience, uh, like Sir Liam Bent. You know, starting his career, if he can go to Oldham and, and and you know string a few performances together, it's gonna you know raise his confidence, and he might even get a shot at the first team. You know, towards the end. Yeah, of the season. definitely. Yeah, like you know, it's good to have these players who aren't. You know, you, you need these lads playing week in week out and. Uh, you know, like we, we mentioned, Daniel Murray a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's gone out to to Bradford, hasn't he? And you know, he's getting some game time there. And you know, players like Liam Bent and Jordan Wall, they're going to get a lot more out of playing for Oldham than than not playing for Salford. So it's it's good, and uh, I, you know, they'll be around the environment. They'll be they'll be key players for Oldham. Cool. So that's all the news we've got uh, for this week. And what we'll do now, we'll uh, talk about the Wakefield game uh, last Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils heartbreak on Sunday, going down 24 points to 22 against Wakefield Trinity. Paul, game a game which Salford could and should have won. Yeah, it was a flat first half, really. You know, the the opening, the opening to it didn't help the disruption of um, losing two players to, to the Simbin. But you know, credit them I in the second half; they fought back really well, and it was an exciting finish, really. You know, and then Wakefield, obviously Wakefield came back. Credit to them; they hung in there as well. But it's a game, really. I thought we should have won, to be honest. But they're no mugs, Wakefield. They'll, they'll turn teams over this season, but. Aiming for that top eight, you got to win games like that, really. But, um, you know, Wayfield might be in that top eight. They're not a bad side. Yeah, Salford's lineup was Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Greg Johnson, Chris Wellham, Nia Levels, Justin Carnett, Rob Lewitt, Michael Dobson, Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins, Lamataze, Josh Jones, Ben Murdoch Masala, and Luce Folds, Matt Flanagan. On the bench for Salford was Craig Cockjack, George Griffin, Ollie Krinicki, and Chris Bryan. No uh, junior sal due to illness. Uh, Ryan, uh, but nine levels came in. Uh, we did, we did miss Junior on uh, on Sunday, so I wouldn't say it was a great performance by Nile. Um, but yeah, I'd say Junior was 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 sorely missed on Sunday. Yeah, obviously Sofa didn't start very well. Lamatazi getting sin binned early on. Paul, you know, 
it's important that in the early stages of the games that you know you keep your discipline and obviously you got put in the ten, put in the bin for ten minutes. Yeah, I mean them them sort of tackles. No, I mean the, the referees don't don't like that. And I mean especially when you've got a referee like that, Robert Hicks. He's he's quite whistle happy and. Um, and, and, and he does. He, he does tend to give a lot of penalties. I mean, I'm not just saying for us, for the, for the other team as well. And um, you know, he he can't really get really get away with that tackle. And I'm surprised he's got banned though. What what's annoyed me is he's got banned, but he got simbin as well. But to me, if you've been simbin, you've had your punishment there. Why should you miss a game as well? So I think that's a bit that's a bit harsh uh, for him getting getting a one game ban. But um, you know, considering some of the other stuff that's been going on this season. But no, we're just going to take that one on the chin, Rob. Yeah, obviously Ryan. You know, being down to 12 men, Salford, you know, took the lead, a kick through uh, Gaz O'Brien, a penalty. You know, it's good, I think, that the, the team are able to kind of deal with that setback and, and kick on. I think it's a good sign for things to come. Yeah, definitely. Like, you've got to go for the kick there just to wind the clock down for a minute. Uh, going back to what you said about Lama there, I completely agree. Like, you know, if they're going to give a yellow card and a one-match ban for that, you know, I guarantee now we'll see 10, 20 of those tackles where someone goes above the horizontal and they won't get a batch ban for it. So it's just like, yeah, you just don't know what to expect, really, do you? But, yeah, gutted for Lama there because he was playing really well. and uh, he, You know, he's starting every week for the club, so good. Yeah. So Sam Sam Williams uh, kicks a goal, for, kicks a penalty for Wakefield, uh, Paul, and then Logan Tongins gets put in the bin uh, for persistent holding down. I suppose it's a fine line in it, slowing down the play, and, you know, I suppose, unfortunately, Logan Tongins fell foul of uh, the referee's warning. Well, yeah, we got put on a team one in a couple of minutes before that for repeated um, for the repeat offence. But I don't know. Like I said before, I don't like calling referees. But it was a big penalty count in that first half. I think it was about eight one at one at one stage. And speaking to Watt after the game, he said, "You know, I don't understand how a team can get penalised so much when when the other one's not doing. Because you know, all teams lie offside, don't they? And teams spot, don't they? And, and lie up and move up quick and." the offside at the play of the ball every team does it every team slows down don't they as well but he seemed to be only sort of watching one there but uh, it was frustrating it was frustrating because it, it messed a bit of the momentum up as well that that simbing of, of Logan Tompkins then didn't allow us to, to substitute him and bring Chris Bryan in on for that first half so it disrupted our play and disrupted you know the way we wanted to play and you know it's, it's hard defending as well with 12 men so um, Really, I mean, Wakefield showed us quite a bit of respect there, kicking the penalty goal as well when we were down to 12 and when Tompkins went off. Yeah, and obviously then uh, a try uh, by Reese Lynn, uh, Ryan. You know, good work from Wakefield. Salford's defence not able to, to deal with it and, uh, you know, we were behind. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, a lot of credit has to go to Wakefield. I thought they played really well on Sunday and they brought some really good players in and they've got, they've got a few players who they've signed up on. Uh, long-term deals like Tom Johnson the winger's really good uh, Mason Caton-Brown uh, the new half-back partnership they got with uh, Jacob Miller, uh, Miller and Sam Williams is uh, they're looking really strong they've got a decent pack as well so I'm sure they'll go alright Wakefield they'll definitely be pushing on the eight. I don't think they'll struggle this year and they certainly won't be going down so uh, fair play to Michael Carter the uh, CEO Yeah, crucial moment uh, in the game Jacob Miller going over just before half-time Paul you know another try before half-time Changes Ian Watson's uh, team talk, uh, pushes them 10 points clear at half-time. Do you, do you think that was like a bit of a turning point in the game, Wakefield taking the foot off the gas and giving us the opportunity to get back in the game? I was disappointed with that try we conceded on half-time. I thought we made a right mess of that. It was, it, we, we've conceded a lot of tries from kicks. I mean, we seem to struggle. I mean, it was a nothing kick, that. And O'Brien and, and Greg Johnson, I think it was, they should, they should have dealt with that. A lot better. And I thought it was a soft try to concede that right on half time. And, you know, it gave us a bit of a hill to climb there. 12, 12 2 down at half time. In a game where we'd lost two blokes to a Simbin, we'd not been that far behind Wakefield. I know um, the first try they scored from Riesling was when we were out of 12 men. They caught us a bit short there. But that, that try wasn't, you know, it's cost us really in, in the end of the day, that one. And, um, you know, that's one we've got to sort of brush up on. Yeah, whatever Watson, Ian Watson says at uh, half time, Ryan, uh, Solf will come out. Uh, and start the start the Salford try burst first try uh, from Ben Nervasala good work by Rob Louis sending him through the hole to score yeah it was I don't know why we didn't do that that more during the game and um, just get Ben Murdoch Messia one on one with Jacob Miller because he's just going to run over him every time and 
I thought Ben Murdoch was absolutely superb on Sunday. I, I know he knocked that ball at the end and probably should have passed it to the winger, but Ben Murdoch was our best player by mile on Sunday. He gave absolutely everything and caused all sorts of problems, both in defence and attack. So, you know, full credit to Benny. Keep your chin up, mate. Yeah, Salford, you know, started playing well at the moment at that point, Paul. Uh, try from Chris Willem. Good, you know, good footwork by him, finding the, finding the space to score. Yeah, well. Yeah, he did well, uh, Chris. Well, I mean, he had, I think I thought he had a few lapses in in, in defence on on Sunday, but sort of the turning point there was you know young Chris Browning coming on, sort of speeded us up. I thought his distribution was good. He he, he speeded that play of the ball up. We had blokes landing on the front foot there, quick play of the ball, and you know, I think we scored four tries in about twelve minutes there, and you know three of them I think at least without Wakefield touching the ball. So yeah, we got we got a real momentum there. It looked like the game was changing there, and we was the only side in it there. Yeah, I suppose momentum is the key word, uh, Ryan. You know, Salford were with a team in form at that point, uh, and Wakefield really struggled, didn't they, to to to, to kind of keep us from from not going over. Next try, Greg Johnson, great hands to put him in, over in the corner. Great athleticism by him as well to finish. Yeah, I honestly don't know how, how we got that down. I was I was on the sideline at the time. I was stood next to next to Paul. I honestly don't know how we got that down. If he did, if he did, then that's another question. But yeah. Great, great effort to, to go for that. And hopefully, yeah, he's a bit of a confidence player as well, Greg Johnson. So hopefully get a bit of confidence from scoring his first try this season because he had a little bit of a drought before that. So, yeah, great try. Yeah, I suppose, you know, these Super League wingers, Paul, Greg Johnson, one of them, have the ability to, to finish like that. It gives you the edge, doesn't it, when the ball goes wide. You know, you know that he gets half a chance, half a sniff the line, he's there to score. Yeah, I think he's got a brush up on his finishing, though, Rob. I don't think he's, he's, the, he's the best finisher in the world, but that you know that's what that can come with, with work and that. But he did well. He did well to finish that there. I thought he was in touch. I must admit, I remember thinking at the time well, he was well out there, and I, so I saw the referee go over and he pointed for the for the try. I thought, blimey, he's, he's done really well to finish that there because it looked like he'd get caught. But but yeah, great finish. You know, that that try put us in the lead there for uh, for the first time in the game. Yeah, and then the next try was George Griffin. Great. Uh, hands by Josh Jones, kind of out the back pass, puts him through a hole to score. Uh, and it's all Salford, we're 10 points clear at that point, Ryan. It's it's all looking good. Yeah, we were on absolute fire at that point. Um, you know, we'd scored like four tries in about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, it looked for any day that we were going to win the game. Um, yeah, but a great little move by, uh, by Josh Jones, a little flick pass on the inside to... George Griffin, and we were looking comfortable at that stage, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, does it? No, no, it doesn't, Ryan. And like you say, there's lots of questions about how how that how we get managed to get get beat in that game. But obviously, going back from ten points behind to ten points in front, you know, with the time ticking on, Paul, it's is it? Do I need to like quote the, the ghost of uh, Cy Indel and say <clears> the game <throat> management is that where it all went fell apart at the end? Well, yeah, and, and mistakes. I thought we made some do some individual errors when we were twenty two twelve. We went nine levels knocked on early in the tackle count on that sort of far side near the main stand. And I remember Wakefield kicking through as well, and I think Justin Carney got caught, a bit of rubber kick through, and he got dumped into touch. Oh, he lost the ball. And Wakefield ended up with a scrum anyway. I think they scored from that when Bill Tupu went over. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't think we were safe even at 22 12 up. You know, they've got a bit of pace in that back line, Wakefield, and they're dangerous as well. I don't think they're the best side in the league, but they're not a bad side. They're no mugs. And uh, they were always, always going to be dangerous, especially at home as well. And, and they were that Reese Lynn had a good game for them. I was very impressed with him in the centre. But, they, you know, they've got pace out wide and that's always going to cause you problems. Yeah, so obviously with time ticking on, Ryan, uh, Wakefield pushing for the, for the, for the victory. Uh, Reese Lynn finds a bit gap on the outside and goes over and breaks Salford Arts with two minutes to go. Yeah, it was devastating, wasn't it? I just, I just thought we had the win in the back. And uh, he, he just seemed to target nine levels on that side. Just... He just couldn't handle the, the sort of shift play that Wakefield were, were throwing at us. And unfortunately, yeah, he went over in the corner and the conversion that he kicked was, was super. And went through where I was stood, it looked like he missed it because it was quite a low kick. But um, yeah, fair play to Wakefield. They, they didn't give in. You know, the Reds could have gone down when they were they were 10 points behind. But, you know, fair, fair play. But we, we, we shouldn't be letting him get him back into the game at that point. It worked so hard to, to get him front and score them. You know, four quick tries when Chris Bryan was on, and I just felt we dropped when he was off the pitch. And you know, I, I think there's an argument for starting him on Sunday because we can't afford to go behind against this Castleford team. Yeah, I suppose it. I suppose we can't really have kind of Bryan on his all the time, Ryan. He's you know he's only a young kid, isn't he? And obviously we we don't want to sort of blow sort of burn him out 
by playing in too many, you know, too many minutes too too soon. Do you think? I know, I know what you mean, but for me, like if you, if you watch the game again, if you see when Chris Bryan comes on, he does completely change the play. He's so much quicker, and everyone just seems to lift on the pitch. You know, we can't afford to be going behind at all against Castle. We need to start that game quick because we could find ourselves. Look at what they did to Leeds. You know, twenty points behind in the first twenty minutes. So mm-hmm. for me, I'd, I'd be trying to get a few early points on the board to build that confidence, and that's the only way we're going to beat Castleford. Yeah, obviously the drama wasn't over. Uh, Paul, you know, Salford retrieved the uh, the ball back, worked it out wide. Um, ben Murnett Masala finds a gap in the Wakefield defence and reaches for the line. Unfortunately, spills the ball as he's about to ground it, and uh, Salford's dreams of a two point uh, two points being taken from Wakefield disappear. Yeah, it was like one of the it's like one of them slow motion moments that and that ball went down and I had my eyes on the referee and all the players were celebrating. I could see that Robert Hicks had sort of waved it off straight away. I couldn't believe it. But uh, that that was more or less the last sort of action of the game because the hooter sort of went straight away. So it was it was you know how many times have have I drove back down that motorway from Yorkshire, you know, and something like that's happened where we've lost in the last minute or we've blown a game. So I don't know. These things happen, don't they? You win games, you lose games. You know, another day he would have scored that try, but I don't think you can have a pop at Ben Murdoch. I thought he was tremendous. You know, coming back from an injury, his first game of the season after he got injured, didn't he? Rochdale Hornets in the friendly, and he's come back there, and I thought he played really well. He did a lot of tackling, a lot of big hits. He was dangerous every time he had the ball running out wide, and yeah, he went for the glory there, and it wasn't to be. But you can't blame the lad. He did really well on Sunday. I suppose Ryan. You know, going for the going for the win and showing you know that kind of enthusiasm and normals pulling it off is progress for me because normally when we're pushing for, for you know to win a game, we're normally throwing the ball at touch or, or dropping it. At least we're at least we're getting to the point where you know it's all about the look of the bounce the ball literally there because if it had been on Sky, he goes to the third, he goes to, goes to the video referee. It, it could be it could be ours. No, this you know this team they certainly don't give up. Uh, we saw that in the million pound game last year where we came back, scored two tries in the last four minutes, and you know fair play to the players. You know they stuck until the end. Unfortunately, I, I, you know nine times out of ten we get a try there at the end, and it's one of the most incredible finishes. But for me, it was just good to you know be involved in such a brilliant game. I, I was absolutely emotionally exhausted after that match. What a thriller that was! And uh, you know it's just great to be be involved in them games so hopefully the players won't be too downbeat and we'll have a good crack against top of the league on Sunday yeah talk about thrilling things Ryan Steve McCormick's picture of Ben Murnett-Sala reaching for line that's drama I know he, take, he takes wonderful pictures but that one for me is one, one of his best it shows you know uh, drama it shows athleticism <coughs> reaching for the line you know it, it pictures a moment doesn't it I suppose we believe it's all about the, the drama and you know the the happiness and the sadness all rolled into one yeah definitely it's been a bit of brilliant starts to the season like you know, if you look at all our games, I believe they've all been dis- decided by less than 10 points, haven't they? So, you know, it's been some superb games. And people used to speak about in the past, oh, I just want Salford to be competitive. And, you know, we- we're certainly seeing that now. Um, so, yeah, it's-, it's really exciting. You saw how many fans were there on Sunday as well. I, I went um, last year. That was after the Uddersfield scenario. And there was hardly anyone there. Whereas this year, there must have been about, you know, eight, ten times as many people as as the year before so it's really encouraging and hopefully we can get a good crowd on Sunday as well so good stuff yeah I think what I'm trying to say is rugby league sometimes can be a game of inches and I think that picture kind of shows you know what it's all about for me you know it, it can come down to a fingernail and that picture shows it all that you know how close mm. you can be Paul to, to, to winning a game yeah yeah like you say if they've been on Sky that he gone to the video and then it's up in the air then that that video sometimes they give it I mean I remember the World Club Challenge this, this season I think Joe Burgess scored one and he's it was his finger wasn't it you know downward pressure on it if you go back to the league game last last year away from home in the in the middle eights I think Ben Murdoch missed a lot of try this allowed that day for you know just not quite getting his hand on the ball so it all depends sometimes on the video ref and angles of the cameras and things like that but yeah, it was close, wasn't it? And, you know, perhaps it wasn't a try, perhaps it was, who knows. But, you know, we, we weren't far off on Sunday. Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson uh, after the game and this is what he had to say in Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner. Right, well, immediately after the game, Ian Watson's kindly come to talk to us, Ian. He must be gutted there at the end. Yeah, it's um, a tough way to lose it, when, especially when second half. We started playing like um, we can play, and we started um, opening them up with, with ease. To be fair, 
Um, we could have took more of our chances of what we did create. Um, but again, a little bit of smartness has just let us down in certain areas today. What did you make of the first half? There was a lot of penalties there, wasn't there? Yeah, it was on the tough end. I think it was on about 8-1 penalty count, to be fair. Um, I, I didn't agree with a few of them, to be fair, but um, that's the way he's seen it and that's the way he's called it. So we have to deal with that and then we have to be better on the back end of that as well. But the Simbinins didn't help us today. Is that something you're going to work on you know, with Richard Silverwood now at the club? Is that something you work on in training that we can sort of put, put oh, together? C- certain things we do, yeah. The discipline side of it, we're the best disciplined team in the league um, these first four weeks, so there's not been a problem with our discipline. It's, it, it's strange to kind of come here and get hit pretty early on with um, penalty after penalty after penalty um, when, we're, when we're the best disciplined team in the league in the first four weeks. How do you thought Ben Murnett and Masilla went? He yeah. sort of slotted back in straight away. Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, he's come in um, and he was good there. I know he took a little another bang to his knee, so hopefully there's nothing major with that. But um, I thought he came in and did really well. Heartbreak at the end there. I could have sworn he got that ball down, but it's just one of them. Sometimes they go for you, sometimes they don't, don't they? Yeah, it's one of them. It's probably a call for having a camera at every single ground in it, so you can check on them calls. Um, you've seen them given on Sky where they say a fingertip on it's enough. Um, like I say, at full speed, it looks like he's lost it, but. Well, I think that's a good argument, Ian, because in Australia they have a video referee every game, and you know certain teams are getting that technology every week, and yeah. you know that's one we've lost out. And I mean, even at the Leeds game, I know it was a forward passing that we can't go for them, but today it feels like you know we've not been robbed so much, but it's disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's something that the RFL have to look at. I mean, there's a, obviously a cost to it, and that's obviously why they're not running it um, every every club. I mean, I wonder what the cost would be, but whether the RFL are investing that and and pay for it um, like I say whether it makes a gives you a fairer result on, on the outcome of games um, I don't know like I say the NRL have it every single week and every game and the more teams that are on Sky over here they get the benefit of them cameras being there every week to, to their benefit or not to their benefit but at least they know that the calls were right whereas from, from that we won't we probably won't know. We'll have to look on um, the camera and see on Monday whether it was there or not. One plus from that second half, though, we dominated there, didn't we, when we got on that roll? And that must be pleasing for you and something to work on with Castleford next week. Yeah, it was something the way we'd spoke about playing. Um, and we worked to play like in the first half as well, but we didn't we didn't pick it in the first half. We didn't pick it well. I thought Rob Louie and um, Dobbo picked it well in the second half along with Gaz. But it was what we was asking to be done in the first half as well. Um, and we missed it for whatever reason. And obviously the... The Simbinins don't help, they disrupt that and then they make you play a different way to try and contain it and eat the time up on the clock. Uh, and That was something that we we had a focus on obviously in the first half and probably why we weren't as expansive as what we were. How was Junior South? Was he not well? Yeah, no, he was ill. He was ill late last night. Um, he waited till this morning to see how he felt but um, there was no way of him being um, available today. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us Ian and good luck against Cass next week and hopefully bounce back. Yeah, no problem. Cheers, Paul. Coach's corner. So Ian Watson a bit miffed about the penalty count, Paul, but you know, good performance. Yeah, he was. He knows his things to work on there, don't he? And um, and yeah, we were just talking about the the rich Silverwood, you know, working at the club, and you told me the other week, you know, he refereed games in training and things like that, and I didn't actually realise that we were one of the the most disciplined sides, according to what Ian told me on Sunday. And, I know we just seem to have been on the wrong end of, of penalties or decisions, don't we, the last the last few weeks, especially with a forward pass at Leeds. But I think for conceding penalties, we've not been too bad un, un, until Sunday anyway, because the penalty count was quite high. I think it was about 11-6 on Sunday. So that's something we need to work on, especially with, with Castleford coming to town. We don't want to be uh, giving them too much field position. No, I suppose having Sil- Rich Silverwood involved, Ryan, it allows you know Ian Watson to pick his brains about you know, technique <coughs> and how to kind of, let's say, not bend, just sort of bend the room, manipulate the rules in our favour in a way. Yeah, it's, it's really good to have him there on a consultative basis because a lot of the referees have very different styles. Um, obviously, Richard, Richard um, Hicks is, uh, gives a lot of penalties away. Uh, you saw the yellow card he gave to, to La Mataza. A lot of refs probably wouldn't give a yellow card there, just give a penalty. So uh, it's good just to have him because he, he has an understanding of how they work. He's, he's spoke to them previously and he, he knows how the uh, the officiate, so it can only be good having him there. And uh, you know that's that's been proved by how low our penalty count has been this season compared to other years, where we were by far the worst uh, disciplined side in the league. So it's it's a good thing. I suppose it's a fine line, isn't it, Ryan? Really, you know, playing tough but not playing tough too tough to uh, to concede penalty, especially in Super League level, because you know you concede a penalty, 
penalty penalty try. That's what they say, don't they? Yeah, you, you need to keep your penalties down so we do. And it, only Sunday wasn't the best, especially in the first half. I thought we gave some stupid penalties away. So hopefully we can, you know, eradicate that for this weekend. Cool. Obviously, looking at the the game, uh, Paul. You know, Wakefield a, a game we don't normally normally win away <coughs> anyway. Um, would it be? Would you say it was two points kind of dropped? On Sunday, or are we not? Are we discounting it because we don't normally get anything there? No, I, I'd say it was two points drop, Rob. I think when you're 22, 12 up with 10 minutes to go, you should be winning that game, shouldn't you? Let's have it right. I mean, let's not make excuses for them. We should have won that game. But like, I know what you mean. It's it is a, it's a tough place to go, Wakefield. It always has been. I mean, I've only ever seen us win there you know, in like 20 odd years. I've not seen us win there that many times. I've seen us draw a few years ago, and I think we won couple of years back but it's not been a happy hunting ground for us but I was a bit disappointed in that last 10 minutes but that's that's the game innit? we move on to next week yeah I suppose it's all about learning Ryan learning to close a game out really yeah it is and that's what Todd Carney's going to bring us I, I, I think if you had a player like Todd Carney um, on Saturday on the pitch he's just got that experience and we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be going up behind in games like that I thought Junior Sal was a big miss because he gave us a lot as well and yeah, you know, you've got to learn from it. you just got to pick yourself up. I was absolutely devastated after the game. The whole way home, I, was, I just couldn't stop thinking about the match and the knock-on. And there was just there was a few points in the game where we should have just been a little bit smarter. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll put things right. What we've got this year is just, you know, a good team who, who, who want to work for each other and want to win rugby games. That, you know, we're all really enjoying it. I'm sure they are too. So, yeah, chin up and let's crack on for this weekend. Yeah, looking at the stats... Um, big, big effort by the forwards. Mark Flanagan with 30 tackles. Uh, Craig Kopjak with 30 tackles. Lee Mossett with 29. Uh, Paul, you know, the forwards took a lot of uh, punishment and, you know, gave a lot of uh, effort there. Yeah, they did. And, and they've got a big pack weight field as well. You know, that, that England's a big lad. And I thought Matty Ashurst, you know, ex alpha player, he had a belting game for weight field. You know, he really causes a lot of problems. So, big back, pack of forwards and for feet as well. He's a big bloke, and we had to do a lot of tackling, and we had to work hard. And again, I thought the goal line defence was really good. It was against Warrington the week before, and Wakefield in that first half they had quite a lot of sets of six on our line. And as we did against Warrington, we, we held them up over the line a few times. So uh, you know, goal line defence to me has, has improved an awful lot this season. Yeah, looking at the uh, the stats, Lamatazzi 104 metres made. Ryan Justin Carney 122. Justin Carney 122 back from his uh, in, back from his suspension. Uh, Ryan, you know it's good to have him back in the team. Yeah, massive player for us, Justin Carney. He just gets us on that that, that quick play of the ball, so you got a bit of momentum. Um, you know when you're coming out of yardage, so yeah, he's a big player for us, Justin Junior as well. I, like, I felt we missed him because when you can get like Justin Carney on that first drive, and then Junior Sal running off a quick play of the ball or vice versa. You know, you suddenly find yourself in the opponent's half, so it makes it a lot easier to defend when you've got the opponent in their own half, whereas if you're on your own line, you're more likely to concede points. So, you know, players like Justin are just massive for us, so it's great to have him back. Yeah, um, obviously looking at the, the stats, you also the average gains. Uh, Lee Mossett with eight, nearly eight metres a carry. Uh, Flanagan, seven metres a carry. Uh, Paul, you know, these forwards are putting a big effort in <coughs> uh, and, you know, getting... You know, a platform for the the likes of Robert Louis and Michael Dobson to play. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, in the in the first half, I didn't think we had a lot of possession in sort of Wakefield's territory. Really, I can only remember us getting in there sort of twenty five a, a couple of times. You know, we had to do a, a lot of defensive work. But you know, Mark Flanagan again works his, worked his socks off done every week. You know, does an awful lot of tackling. Does a lot of the unsung stuff as we seem to to, to say about him. But Lee Mossop, I've been very impressed with. With Mossop, I mean, I was a bit, I won't say sceptical, but I was a bit, you know, he's had a few injuries and that, and that played on my mind when we signed him. But, you know, he, he looks fully fit now, doesn't he? And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's proving a real handful. Yeah, Ben Murnham-Sala with nearly nine metres of carry. Lamatazzi with nearly 10 metres of carry. Uh, Chris Brining with 20 metres of carry. Uh, Ryan, so kind of picks up, backs up your, uh, you know, your philosophy of getting him on and getting the goal forward going. Yeah, this kid's going to be brilliant. Chris Brining, he's, he's so up for it. And he's, he's, he's such a good player, so clever. You know, you've seen a couple of them tries he scored this, this season and they've not been against, you know, the lower teams. He scored them against Wigan and Warrington. Chris Bryan is going to be a top, top player. And when he came onto the pitch, you know, you, you just watch the game back, how much it speeded everything up and how much everyone was, you know, it just sort of lifted everyone on the team and we scored four tries when he was on the pitch. He must have only been on for 20, 25 minutes. So, 
for me, he has to start on Sunday. When someone comes on like that and plays that well, you know, they've got to be in your starting 13 for me. So, uh, yeah, long long let the uh, the form continue for Chris. Yeah, oh, big thanks for everyone for the three-word match reports and uh, man of the matches. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton, poor first half, and their man of the match was Chris Brining. Uh, Gary Williams, completely sets. Um, his man of the match was Lamataze. Uh, Craig Morgan uh, said very poor performance, uh, and his man of the match was a butty van. I don't think it was one a poor performance, Paul. We were just unlucky, weren't we? Bit of both, I think, Rob. Okay. I think it was unlucky, but I think there was there's, there was stuff in the first half I thought where we was, we was poor. We did we did poor things, and that discipline let us down, didn't it? So, so yeah, it's a bit of both. I don't think you can say it was all dead unlucky and we was robbed and things like that. Some people tend to say. I think it was a bit, a bit of a mixture, really, mate. Yeah, uh, Jungle J, uh, discipline, 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 Ryan. I suppose, like we said before, it's about walking that fine line in it between uh, you know doing it uh, fairly and and doing it too roughly. Yeah, definitely. The, the penalties are what cost us in the end. They're just them silly errors when we were 10 points up and Niall knocked the ball on in, in the Wakefield half off the first play. Uh, we, we started really poor for our standards. Um, we didn't score a try in the first half, which isn't good really. Um, so there's there's plenty we need to improve on. I'm sure they'll watch the, the match back this week and you know they'll be they'll be killing themselves because you know, we, we, sh- we should have won that game really. But I, f- I feel a, a draw would have been a fair result. Uh, Wakefield played pretty well, uh, but you know, if when we're back at our place in in summer, I'm sure, you know, if if we play anyway near as well as we did last game at our place, well, you know, we'll turn we'll turn Wakefield over by ten twenty points. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the return fixture. Yeah, uh, next one, Martin uh, changed the game, uh, and his man of the match was uh, Brian. In chairman Bob need to finish, and his man of the match was Lamatazi based on the second half performance. Uh, Graham Jones poor first half, his man of the match was uh, Lamatazi. Kyle Reich, drum is cursed. How did the drum go, Paul? Was it? Was it? Did it add to the atmosphere? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. To be honest, he didn't bang it much in the second half. So I don't know. Speaking to Doctor Devil, I think he, he he got into trouble off the match commissioner, I believe. Yeah. So um, you've got to be careful, aren't you? The, the pokey grounds like Wakefield, but yeah, he didn't seem to bang it much. But we'll we'll see this uh, this Sunday against Castleford. I mean, I thought he did a good job against Warrington. Banging the hoardings that got everybody going, and in that game, so uh, so yeah, we'll have to have to watch this space. But I, I, I've got nothing against the drum if, if it adds to the atmosphere and gets everybody going. Then why not? I think you put a tweet. I think you put a tweet out, didn't you, Doctor Davil, about getting a bigger sort of drumstick, Ryan, to make a bigger noise. I'm not I'm not a musician, but I think the bigger the stick, the bigger the noise. I think that's the the, the, the thought behind it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear it much to be honest, but um, you know, not talk about the drum, talk about the atmosphere. I thought the Salford fans were superb on Sunday. It's like a really, really good following. It must have been about, you know, at least 750 of us there. Um, so it's just good to see so many fans. And when we, when we were on that hot streak, when we scored them four tries, wow, that was that was absolutely brilliant. So uh, hopefully we can, you know, keep taking these these big, big away uh, supports, you know, wherever we go this yeah. season. Uh, next one is Nat, good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and uh, their man match was was uh, Ben Murdoch Masala. And the final one was Harvey. I can't speak. Uh, and his man of the match was Ben Murdoch Masala. Like we said, you know, he's, he's playing out of his skin, and he Ben Murdoch Masala. You know, he, he created that opportunity at the end, and he, he could have been the hero, but, you know, not going to take that away from me. He put in a great performance, and hopefully more to come uh, in the uh, games to come in this season, Paul. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been out, like we said before, since that, that friendly game. So when was that? Sort of January, wasn't it? So for him to come back, you know, without playing any sort of reserve games or anything like that, and just come straight back into the side like he did, you know, start. I, I was really impressed with him. So I thought, you know, when I saw him in the squad, he might be a bit rusty and he might take him, you know, a bit to get going. But he didn't. He was probably one of the outs- outstanding forwards, probably one of the outstanding players. And I marked him down as my man of the match. Um, him and Chris Brining, but I've just edged it with Mr. Love for the, just for the game time that he played. I don't, I don't like giving a man of the match to someone if they've not played more than 40 minutes. So, uh, sorry, Chris, but I'll give it to, to Ben this week. Cool. Who's your man of the match, Ryan? Oh, it'd have to be Ben Murdoch, obviously. I just thought he was absolutely brilliant on uh, on Sunday. Uh, it caused all sorts of problems in attack, especially that second half as well. If, if he gets one-on-one with someone, no, no one seems to be able to tackle him. Um, so, we just need to practice, you know, Getting him in, in them one-in-one situations, but yeah, it's got to be Ben. I know he did that knock on at the end, and he probably should have passed it. But you know, other than that, he was absolutely superb on Sunday. So uh, great performance, Ben. Yeah. So we're sort of lucky going down twenty-four points to twenty-two against Wakefield on Sunday. And now what we'll do, we'll have a look what our amateurs did this week with Paul. 
Right, we've got quite a bit of news for you this week regarding the amateur uh, local scene involving the local side. So I'll start off with the National Conference League. It was round two this weekend. And in the Conference Premier League, Rochdale Mayfield went down by 18 points to 14 in a really closely fought contest away at West Hull. So uh, a, you know, a bit of a bitter defeat there for Mayfield. And they'll be hoping to bounce back this weekend after making a good start in round one. Moving on to Division 2, Salford City Roos is not a good day for them. They went down 74 points to nil away from home at Crossfields on Saturday. 42 nil down at half-time, so a bit of a bad defeat there for Salford City Roosters. I'm sure they'll, they'll bounce back from that, but that's a that's a big defeat early on, and we wish them the best of luck this weekend, and hopefully they can come back and, and get a result this Saturday coming. in Also in Division uh, 2, Saddleworth Rangers beat Oldham Raiders by 33 points to 21. In Division 3, Oldham St Anne's game at Barrow Island was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch, but Waterhead Warriors came up with a good win. They beat Stanley Rangers by 50 points to 12. So the fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday the 18th of March, Rochdale Mayfield are at home in the Premier Division to Siddall. In Division 2, Millen play Salford City Roosters, Thornhill Trojans entertain Saddleworth Rangers, and in Division 3, two fixtures, Gateshead Storm against Waterhead Warriors, and Oldham St Anne's are at home to Eastmoor Dragons. Now we're looking now towards the North West Men's League. There's quite a bit of action here at the weekend. In Division 1, Folly Lane come up with a brilliant victory. They beat Halton Farm of Hornets by 32 points to 12. So that's a great win for uh, for Folly there in that Division Division um, 1. In Division 2, Bold Miners against Rochdale Mayfield. There was no result there, so I'm presuming that one was postponed. The same for the Berry Broncos and Wigan St. Jude's. I've not managed to get a score from that, so I'm presuming it was postponed because quite a few games were called for the weekend due to, to waterlogged pitches. Lee East, A22, Manchester. Chester Rangers 6, that was in Division 2. In Division 3, Fit and Hill Bulldogs, they had a good win. They beat Chester Gladiators by 32 points to 16. Oldham St. Anne's A18, Crossfields A14 and Rochdale Cobras 16, Wigan Bulldogs 26. Moving on to Division 4, fantastic win for Langworthy Reds. They beat Oral St. James at home by 30. By, sorry, by 62 points to 30. Fantastic win there. Little Hulton Reds against Caddy's Head Rhinos was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Cool uh, Chef Eagles 24, Manchester Rangers 8 0. In Division 5, Aspel New Springs 18, Saddleworth Rangers A 56, and Garswood Stags uh, beat the Berry Broncos A 84 points to 10. The fixtures for this week Folly Lane, after that good win, they're in action against Hindpool Tigers, that's at home in Division 1 on Saturday. Division 2, Charlie Panthers against Manchester Rangers, Rochdale Mayfield A against Berry Broncos. Division 3, Blackpool Scorpions against the Oldham St Anne's A. Crossfields A against Fitton Hill Bulldogs. Rochdale Cobras play at Burton Woodbridge. In Division 4, Langley Reds play Ryland Sharks A. Manchester Rangers A play Runcorn. Oral St James A play Little Hulton Reds. Wollstone Rovers A play Caddy's Head Rhinos. And in Division 5, two fixtures in Division 5, Berry Broncos A against Clockface Man. Miners A and Sadworth Rangers A against the Halton Farm of Hornets A. Well, now looking at the universities, it was a oh, defeat for uh, Manchester University in the Northern Conference Cup final. We've been talking about in the last few weeks, you know, watching their progress in the uh, Conference Cup, and they got through to the final. They went down by 30 points to 20 against Leeds Becky A. So commiserations there to Manchester University. We had a fantastic cup run, and we wish them the best of luck with the rest of their season. There was a good win though in the College Rugby League Northwest League Two. Salford Red Devils won away from home against Carmel by 31 points to 28. So a big win there. We've just got one fixture coming up this weekend. That's on Wednesday in the North East. Sorry, in the North. Oh, I'm getting this wrong here. College Rugby League in the Premier Division. Sorry, in the Premier Division. It's Loughborough against Hotwood Hall. That's on this week on Wednesday. We're just going back to Caddy's Head Rhinos. I know their uh, their first team fixture was postponed this week, and we've got some news from the junior uh, results shortly. But just a special mention to Caddy's Head. The new players are uh, are always welcome there at Caddy's Head, especially in the under 16s, under 14, and under 12. They're on the lookout for players at the moment, so you know, get in touch with the Rhinos. They're on Facebook. There, I'm sure if you send them a message there, someone will get back to you. But uh, yeah, Caddy's Head on the lookout for players. So in the youth and junior leagues, these these games are all played on Sunday in the under 18s Premier Division. The match between Oldham and Saint Wigan St. Jude's was postponed. Wigan St. Patrick's beat Rochdale 18-0. In the Division 1, Blackbrook 18, Langley Reds 0. Saddleworth against North Wales was postponed. Whathead 18, Leyland 0. In the under 16s Division 1, Dalton against Caddy's Head was postponed. Ince Rosebridge 30, Waterhead 12. Lee East 4, Saddleworth 14. And Oldham St. Anne's against Wigan St. Cuthbert's that was postponed. In Division 2 of the under 17s, Folly Lane 6, Rochdale 26, Oral St. James 18, South Trafford Raiders 0. 
there was also a fixture in the under-13s. Premier Division Waterhead Warriors 22, Rail and Sharks 10. In Division 1 of the under-13s, Hindley 42, Oldham St. Anne's 10. Rochdale Mayfield 6, Blackbrook Blues 28. In Division 2 of the under-13s, one fixture here, Saddleworth Rangers 24, Langworthy Reds 14. In Division 3, Lee Minor Rangers 36, Bellevue Bees 18. And the South Trafford Raiders 0, Wollstone 18. So the fixtures for this weekend, all these ties will be played on Sunday the 19th of March. And it's Cup weekend, Lancashire Cup. Uh, Wigan St Patrick's versus Rochdale in the under seven. That was in the under eighteen. Sorry, in the under seventeens, it's the North West Cup Youth Cup. It's Blackpool Scorpions against Salford City Roosters. I told you there was a lot to get through this week. Uh, in the under sixteens, North West Youth Cup. It's Waterhead versus Oldham St Anne's. In the Plate Trophy, it's Thato Heath against Rochdale. Uh, Wigan St Cuthbert's against Folly Lane. Lee East plays South Trafford. In the under thirteens, Lancashire and North West Cups. Oldham St Anne's play Hindley, Rochdale Mayfield play Newton Storm, Waterhead Warriors play Wigan St Jude's, and finally in the North West Cup Development Cup and Shield, this is under 13s also, Langworthy Reds take on Haydock Warriors, Saddleworth Rangers play the Bellevue Bees, South Trafford Raiders play the Ashton Bears. Well, just like to mention the Salford Red Devils under 16s, they had uh, a great win. They won away at Cumbria, I think it was on Thursday night, uh, in midweek. They won their terrible conditions. I saw some of the pictures on uh, on Twitter there. We sent in like, driving rain, really bad windy conditions, and they came up with a fantastic victory. They won by 22 points to 14 away at Cumbria. So, brilliant win there to the lads. Right, finally, it's not amateur news this. I've got some uh, news from um, the best band in Salford, uh, Cinnamon Dinner. I've been speaking to, to Ryan Wilde, the. Uh, I won't call him the front man because it's a bit unfair on the other lads. I suppose he is like, but um, he's asked me to. Uh, they've got a competition going. Um, hashtag Solly. That's S O L L Y. You've got to post your favourite part of Salford, and, and uh, you know tell him what what your favourite part of Salford is, and um, why it's your favourite part. And you could uh, win the chance to be in their their video and also win a t-shirt and a free download. So if, if you get in touch with them through Instagram, uh, social media, Twitter, it's, it's all on there. And I'll just give them a mention as well for their next gig. Their next gig is at the old Nags Head Earlham. That's on Friday the 31st of March. Just going back to the competition, though, the closing date for that is Friday the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day this Friday. So uh, so get in touch with them through uh, through social media. You tell them what your favourite part of Salford is and why that part of the Salford could be in the video. You could be in the video and you can win some decent stuff from them as well. Uh, so that's that's all I've got for you this week. I'll, uh, I'll catch you here next week. Cheers for that, Paul. And now what we'll do, we'll look forward to the game against Casford on Sunday. It's time for the So, Salford Red Devils take on Castleford Tigers on Sunday at the AJ Bell Stadium. Paul, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, high-speed Cass visiting Salford, yeah. Can't wait for it. Yeah, they're playing some good rugby. But I think if you look at their, their side, you know, 1-13, to 13, there's nobody really to fear. I don't think there's anybody to fear for this. I, mean, I think we've got players that can, can match them in certain positions. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't be overawed by them, but it's going to be a tough game. They, they, they're playing well out and they're on form. But, you know, runs have to come to an end, don't they? You can't sort of play... That intense level they're playing it every week, and uh, I think we've got more than enough to uh, to match Castleford. You call them classy Cass Ryan. Uh, you know they've, they've got 126 plus in the uh, in the uh, score chart in the league, and it's going to you know hopefully be a really entertaining game. Yeah, it's going to be a top match. Really looking forward to this one. Uh, you've got obviously like Zach Hardacre, former Lamb Steel, uh, Luke Gale, top player, potentially Rangi Chase played against his former club. Uh, they've got some really top players. Uh, Greg Bird, the winger's going really well for him. Potentially Todd Carney's debut for Salford. So, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting match. Proper looking forward to this one. And uh, hopefully we can put a good performance in. But one thing's for certain, we are going to have to pull up our game from, from last weekend if we are to match Castleford because they score a lot of points and they're going to throw everything at us to uh, to win on Sunday. So, where, where do you reckon the key battles will be, Paul? Well, half back, you've got to watch Luke Gale, haven't you? Luke Gale likes to, to boss the show, doesn't he? So Michael Dobson's going to have to get on top of him and make sure he kicks us around the park. Kicking game is going to be crucial. I think you're also going to have to start the game well, aren't you? I mean, the game against Wakefield, you know, penalties aside and 
whinged about the referee aside, I thought we was pretty sluggish in that first that first half last week, and we sort of let Wakefield get on top of us, and you can't really do that with Cast. And they're a mobile side, aren't they? They've got pace all over the place. They've got a, a decent pack as well. You really look down their their side that you've got Zach Hardacre, but the rest of them. I mean, you've got to credit Daryl Powell. He's he's brought players in from other clubs. I mean, that Greg Minikin. I mean, virtually unknown players. You know, Gadwin Springer, people like that, and. Even uh, Paul McShane, to a certain extent, he was a player that was cast off by by witness, and he sort of moulded these players in, into into a good side. So I think they've got they've got danger all over the field, really, and they've got hungry hungry players, and and you know they've got a really good team spirit as well. Yeah, Paul McShane for me, Ryan, you know, always a bit of a danger for us. It was a nemesis for us last season in in the in the cup tie. Um, you know, he has to be watched for me. Yeah, he's a really good player. Uh, play the full Ucker uh, or half back. Uh, they've got like Adam Milner as well, so they're going to be a really quick side. They've got skillful players all over the field. They like to throw the ball about, play ad-lib footy. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really interesting game. I just I just hope we can you know defend as well as we have done, um, you know, already this season. But it's it's going to be it's going to be really tough. I'm not I'm not going into the game expecting to win. I just want to see a really good game of rugby. But who knows? You know, with Todd Carney starting. Uh, Tokani maybe making his first appearance in the club that might galvanise the players to to pull off a shock shock win for Salford. Yeah, Ian Watson taking on Daryl Powell. Uh, Paul, you know Daryl Powell is a good is a good coach, and you know Ian Watson, you know will obviously hopefully put in a, a really good team um, plan uh, to to kind of uh, beat them. Yeah, we beat them on away last season, didn't we? Uh, we did a double over in the league last season. I don't think their sides changed dramatically. From from what it was last season, obviously they've brought brought a couple of players in, but but yeah, I think I don't think you've got to be you know too too worried about them. If you build them up too much, you, you're going to go out there beat them before you you, you take the pitch. So uh, so yeah, I'm sure Ian will, will have a have a plan for Castleford. And but like like Ryan said, it's going to be an entertaining game because I mean they like to throw the ball about, and I think we do to a certain extent as well. I mean you look at the two sides we've already played at home this season. You played Wigan and Warrington. You know we contested the the grand final last season, so you played two. Good sides at home, you know. I know Warrington are struggling a bit at the moment, but they've got some good players. And you know, in the Wigan game as well, we we were more than a match for for Wigan. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't be too too worried about Castleford. It's going to be tough, but there's no reason why we can't match them. Yeah, obviously, you know, it's all about putting a big performance in, Ryan. And you know, beating Castleford at home that'd be a big message when it's sending out to Super League. Yeah, massive. That that'd be a huge statement to to beat Castleford. No one can shut up about them this year on Sky Sports, <laughs> can they? All everyone seems to be talking about is Casper, but they, you know, they, they, they fully deserve that as well. They've been working really hard in the off season. Some of the rugby they've been playing, you know, so early on in the season, usually teams are a little bit more, um, you know, reserved with the with the style of play. But you know, fair play to Daryl Powell, he's had them coming out firing and they're putting some really good performances. I remember watching a few weeks ago against Leeds at home, and you know, that's potentially the best rugby I've ever seen in Super League. And you know, I I, I want to see that. Coming to the AJ Bell on Sunday, just hopefully we can match them and get the win, as, as Paul mentioned earlier. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, looking at the last uh, six games, uh, Paul, uh, Cass have won four and we've won two of them. Um, do you think sort of beating Cass, you know, it would be a you know a big thing for us? Obviously, you know, we need to be winning these kind of games, don't you, if you want to be in the eight? Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any reason why we can't. I mean, I know. People sort of listen to what pundits on Sky say, don't they? And they hype things up and all that. But I don't know. I sometimes think I'm a bit more old school and don't really like let let all the hype bother you. I mean, I'm sure Ian Watson will approach the game like that as well. You've not got to, you've got to respect him, haven't you? But you've not got to be too sort of respectful, have you? Because you're going to be caught in the headlights, sort of thing. But but yeah, the, the way they have started the season, as Ryan just said, there they have started really well, haven't they? And you know, I, I like Daryl Powell. I think he's a good coach and. Um, you know, people have mentioned him for for, for coaching England in, in the future, and I'm sure he'll have a chance chance with that definitely. But uh, but no, I, I've got a, a sneaky feeling we might do the business on on Sunday. Yeah. So, what's your uh, score prediction, uh, Ryan? I was thinking about this before on my way home. I'd never back against us, but I could see it being quite a close game. So I'm going to go 25-24 Salford. 25-24. Last minute drop goal by. Uh... The man himself, Gaz O'Brien, would it be? Oh, I'd have to be Gaz O'Brien, would it? Or Todd Carney. Or He's Todd a good Carney. drop goal kicker. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'll take anyone. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, 
junior south can hit the drop goal. I'm not bothered as long as we win. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's see what happens. Cool. What about you, Paul? Who's your what's your uh, score prediction? Oh, um, I went for. I know we're right. I'm all down the back of the Express, and I went for 24-22 to solve. But I'm changing my mind. Um, I'm going to get on that bus again, Rob. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 32-20 to Salford. 32-20. The Andy, the Andy Riley bus. We'll yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, Andy Riley gravy train. The Andy Riley gravy train. We're, we're all on that today. I reckon for me, uh, let's have a look. We've, we've, we always kind of score around about 20 points against Cass. Um, so I'm going to go Salford 22 Castleford 10 22-10 Salford I, I, always love, I always love your predictions Rob the way you, you really think about it it's always that exciting waiting to see what you're going to say but yeah, yeah. I, I'd go with that yeah definitely we'll have to see hopefully you know the boys will come up with a win on the on Sunday and the, you know a win Ryan would, will push us up the league and you know, that's where you want to be. You want to be going forward and not looking back. Oh, I'd be ma- if we win on Sunday, that, that would be absolutely massive. Like, I, I can't see it myself. Like, I think it'd be really, really tough, although we're playing at home, especially given, you know, Castleford have won the first four games. But I feel like we've been really unfortunate this season. For me, we, you know, we should be joint top of the league. We should have won at Leeds away and we should have really won on Sunday as well. So, if that's anything to go by, we should probably be on about the same points as Castleford. So, you know, let's take a bit of confidence into the game. It's going to be tough, but, you know, I'm sure it'll be an exciting game and we'll be competitive and that, that's all that really matters. As long as the lads give 100%, you know, what more can we really ask for? Yeah, so hopefully you know, the boys will come away uh, with a win and uh, continue our uh, quest for a, a top eight spot. So that was the end of this podcast, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, I enjoyed it, Rob. I enjoyed it and I'm really excited for... Uh... A Sunday, I'm sure it's going to be a great day. And uh, you know, if you're not doing anything, or if you are doing anything, sod it, get to solve it because it should be a cracking match. Yeah, been another great show. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Yeah, really appreciate coming on. Uh... Cool, it's going to be great fun. Hopefully, uh, we'll be celebrating a, a victory uh, for Sulphur Devils against Casford. So, that was the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening to us. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and whitelinefeverradio.com. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.